This episode of Grumpy Old Geeks is brought to you by the new Eero and Eero Beacon. For free overnight shipping to the U.S. or Canada, go to Eero.com. That's E-E-R-O.com. Select overnight shipping and use the code GOG to make it free. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Guten Tag, Herr Brian. How are you doing, Jason? Sweaty. Sweaty balls. It is uh, finally warm. Finally a warm day in LA. It's been a while. Yeah, I am not looking forward to uh, today and tomorrow. And <laughs> Yeah, well, you got air conditioning in that uh, makeshift studio you're building? Yes, I do. Okay, there you go. Uh, doesn't work that well, <laughs> but it was 80 degrees in here yesterday. It's a bit warm. It's a dry heat. That's right. So we talked last week about the registering for that Amazon webinar. How'd that go? <laughs> you and I are kind of done with the coding thing, but I think we're both kind of interested in in the voice recognition thing and, and kind of learning a lot about that and maybe getting into the space a little bit, because obviously that's where a lot of things are headed. So you couldn't do it because of time. And I figured, well, one of us should definitely do it for sure. And I moved around my schedule to be able to accommodate, shifted some nannies and some other work things and whatnot. And I registered for the webinar and I was told I was in it and given a special link that was just for me because I registered. Yeah. And for the webinar. <laughs> and then I sat down at the appropriate time and I loaded up the webinar and I got the session is full. Please contact the organizer. Nice. No emails to contact anyone. Nothing, nothing, nothing. What a load of crap. <laughs> oh, man. You'd think that the largest provider of cloud computing software and infrastructure in the world wouldn't be able to have a full webinar. <laughs> you'd think that, but you'd be wrong because I was not able to take the webinar and I have not gotten any response from the email that I sent back to the email that provided me with my own personal registered link. And, uh, you know, so typical customer service, isn't the internet a wonderful thing? Oh, yes, it is. Yes. So no webinar for me. Too bad. I was kind of curious to see how that went. Well, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I bet you were. Yeah. All right. So let's get on to the bird thing again. Uh, okay. I, I, you know, I've said my piece about this and, and I, I do appreciate everybody that is agreeing with me and sending on links saying, look, it's everything that you guys said. Boy, these things are horrible. Uh, but, uh, you know, Twitter is, a, is a, as we've talked about, it is a megaphone for everyone, which yes. is fair enough. And uh, we heard from an Adam Browse, uh, whose Twitter profile says he's rethinking higher ed at Make School. He's a software engineer founder of Recklessly Optimistic, and he went after us because of our feelings about Bird. So here we go again, because you can just say anything on Twitter without any facts. Now, I appreciate his optimism. So he said something along the lines of, these scooters move slower than bikes and way less. I'd go back and check why you hate them. I'm pretty sure some automotive gasoline PR guys are high-fiving right now because they got you. Again, <laughs> just Google Bird and read any of the news stories or, you know, listen to the show where we discussed it and you hear exactly why we don't like them. And as I replied, we go into great detail about why we have problems with them on our show. They are great in theory. I've always said this. I like the concept. It's shoddy business practices and the actual rollout that I have the issue with. So then he says, is it the scooters is in the scooters or our cities that have never made the commitment to having enough bike parking and large enough bike lanes? 
Okay. Well, that, since that Bird almost launched, made sense. <laughs> since Bird launched without ever bothering to get a business license in Santa Monica or tell Santa Monica or San Francisco, for that matter, that they were going to roll these things out, that would have made it very difficult for the city to plan for them in advance. I'd imagine. Correct. Yes. <laughs> so then he says, "Do we need business licenses to start businesses? What is this Vietnam? They pay their taxes. They follow the law. They provide a progressive green service. Give them a break." No. <laughs> well, first off, yes, you do need to get a business license to start a business because this isn't Vietnam. It's a, I think even in Vietnam, you probably have to get a business license to start exactly. a business. That's how it works. And that is how actually cities discover you so you can pay taxes. So by not getting a business license, a lot of people do that to avoid paying city taxes. They follow the law. Actually, they didn't follow the law since they lost their lawsuit to their city. Yeah. So, so they didn't follow the law. They lost a lawsuit from the city saying they didn't follow the law. So they did not follow the law, to yeah. which he replied, I mean, they follow the law generally, pay taxes, hire employees, etc. If some NIMBY city hates on them, I'm not surprised. Doesn't mean that their offering is bad or that they are bad. Their cities are bad. Nope. Wrong again. Okay. So the <laughs> cities are bad. I just got it. Yeah. So at that point, I just said, well, I looked at his profile. He lives in San Francisco. So I guess he should leave that NIMBY city of San Francisco he lives in because they also have the same issues with these services that we have. Oh, Jiminy Jeepers Crispy. So <laughs> after getting into this with this guy, and it's fine. Everybody's allowed to have their own opinion. But he did drop, you know, he never answered any of my factual bits at all. Oh, of course. Ever. Not because you don't. Um, I actually spent a lot more time thinking about this. I didn't want to. I really want to stop thinking about Bird. But You had all that extra time since you couldn't get into the Amazon webinar. So yeah, I had all this extra something. time. So I, I thought a little bit more about it because most of my complaints so far have just been uh, kind of, you know, straight up, uh, you know, how they're actually functioning. Why, you know, being parked on the sidewalk, being dropped off, people not following the rules, people riding them recklessly, which is going to end up causing an accident, which is going to end up costing the taxpayers more money because we're going to have to pay for all this sort of stuff. I went down to the basic roots of why I have a problem with this. This is okay. basic psychology 101. If you do not have personal ownership of something, you're lazy about it. This is why bird and related systems do not work. You are not personally invested, so you do not care at all. So you treat it like shit, you treat the, the thing itself like shit, you don't follow the rules, and you just, you're not invested. You have nothing involved in your personal self to do things correctly. It's why Los Angeles is a total cesspool. It, it really is. Trash everywhere, no graffiti everywhere, nobody seems to care. It's a transient city and people aren't invested in it. I, I travel a lot, I go to other places, people care about their communities, they, they, they keep them clean and beautiful and they pick things up. That's not L.A. Nobody here is invested because they're here to make it and they move from place to place and then they leave and you're not invested in it. So fuck it. I'm going to dump my mattress or my toilet or whatever on the street because I won't be here in a month and I don't care. And it's not my community. When you own something, you deal with it. You you take care of it. You paid for it. You worked for it. It's yours. When you rent it, fuck it. We see that with rental cars all the time. This is what happens. In fact, we had a story on this show a while back about somebody who was talking about, oh boy, when we have uh, automated cars that nobody owns, they're going to be the grossest things the history of humanity has ever seen. <laughs> That's true. true. Yeah. It's basic psychology again. And this is the problem I have with this shift to not owning things. We are seeing the consequences of this all the time. 
No one cares. Your customers are horrible. Of course they are. You're giving them a license to be assholes. They have zero investment in any of this. You pay $5 tops to use it. You're going to dump it in the middle of the sidewalk and walk off. I paid way less than a hotel room. I'll just leave your Airbnb a total mess. Why, why would I clean it up? It's an Uber. Sorry I threw up in it. Whatever. Hey, it's the New World Order. Great. <laughs> so this is my thoughts. More thoughts on Bird. <laughs> so I think we can start to get around this by people actually having to put down a deposit that they can lose for being asshole. We'll just call it asshole tax. You do that when you sign up for a hotel room. You give them your credit card. They, you know, charge it for incidentals and possible damage. And then you get the money back if you leave it nice. Yeah. I think that that should maybe be something that these new people might not want to disrupt because it kind of works. In some it places. It does. And if you're tied directly to it and, you know, somebody, if you paid a deposit and said that you're going to follow the rules and then somebody can find out, you don't even need a picture of it. You've got G GPS. You can find out that somebody dumped it in the middle of the sidewalk. They lose that five bucks. Mm -hmm. Done. See, we can solve all these problems. It's solvable by the grumpy old geeks. As usual. As usual. In the news... Spotify is back in the news, uh -huh. not in a good way. Nope. Spotify's stock has gone significantly down after it posted their first earnings report after right. going public. Right. Uh, yeah, they're not doing so well. Well, I mean, why is this surprising? None of these companies make money. Isn't that okay? That's why we're all investing in them anyways, right? That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. it's, the, it's the hope of future growth. <laughs> They've got a total user base of 170 million people with 75 million paid subscribers, which is actually in line with expectations, but the company is still losing money. They're going to lose money for a long time. They're serving files and paying royalties. What the hell, people? Yeah, and is they're not really charging all that much, to be honest. $9 a month to basically have all of the humanity's recordings available to you on tap anytime you want? That's not, That's cheap. That's nothing. <laughs> Well, it is cheap. That's why I still pay it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, honestly, even if it was 20 bucks a month, I'd still pay it. That's what we used to spend on like a CD back yes, in the day. Exactly. So the, the idea that they're not making money is not surprising at all to me. And they're not going to make money ever unless something changes. <laughs> they go out of business and somebody else does it again and again and again and i mean the, honestly it's yeah. it's a once again it's like it feels like most of these web 2.0 companies and i don't even know why i still call them web 2.0 but like movie pass their entire business model is the gym business model mm -hmm. we want you to sign up and it and never ever use our service <laughs> and if you do we will make money if you all sign up and use our service we are screwed it's the whole set it and forget it mindset yep. that's what this is the set it and forget it economy that's what we're looking at nowadays yeah, because the reality of for, for Spotify is if, if even more people sign up and they all stream an awful lot of music, they got to pay all the royalties on that. So that's going to mean they still lose money. Tesla, how's your Tesla stock doing? Speaking of stocks. Uh, I didn't look at it because I heard uh, it, things did not go well. And then uh, uh, he went a bit rogue in the as part of the press conference and release. So, uh, I, you know, I'm long haul for this guy. I, I'm long haul on Musk. OK, uh, yes. Nikola Motors is suing Tesla. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I think that shouldn't be allowed just because of the names I, that really shouldn't be allowed. No, it shouldn't be. Tesla's being sued for two billion dollars over alleged design patent infringements. Did you get a chance to read the argument on this one? Uh, I scanned through it. I don't quite follow all of it because uh, I just don't get that too much into it. But isn't this the, over the exact same thing that that uh, Elon Musk actually just released 
uh, like a couple years back, he released all the design for it and said, here, have at it. That was the Hyperloop. Yes, yeah, that was the uh, Hyperloop, not the truck. Okay. So I went through the actual uh, lawsuit, and to me, they kind of have a case mm-hmm. because of the timing and the the design kind of ripoffs that they've they've taken on it. Right. So I don't know how this one's going to go, but, the, you know, they're both ugly as sin. Yeah. I, I mean, they're they're hideous. I have to say I like the Nikola one better than the Tesla. Yeah, I do, too. The The Nikola one looks like a refined Star Wars stormtrooper from the recent movies, while the Tesla semi is definitely uh, a Star Wars episode one. <laughs> yeah. Misa no like. Or, I mean, episode four. Sorry. I, I know what you meant. <laughs> I think Nikola's got kind of a case here, and I bet Tesla will settle with them. Yeah, I think they point. probably will. It's just a, it's such a weird. I feel like everybody in this space is suing everybody else over the same concepts. Right. Except, though, Nikola filed patents. Right. That's the go. that's the issue here. It's like, <laughs> hey, we came up with this stuff first. We're going to yeah. file our patents. Then we're going to release it. And Tesla just said, eh, fuck it. We're going to release it. Here you go. Here's, here's yeah. what ours is going to look like. The other damning information is that Tesla was trying to hire away one of Nikola's head people. Boy, isn't this just Google and Uber all over again? And Apple and Facebook and, and the Apple and same and thing. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So we'll see how this one plays out. But yeah, I thought it was interesting because I actually went and read the the suit on it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. normally I would say ah, they're just trying to get some of that big Tesla coin. But I think Nikola actually does have a case. So right. I'm no lawyer and I do not play one on the Internet. So. <laughs> Caveat emptor. I saw this this morning. Telegram has called off their ICO. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Anyway, uh, I don't use Telegram. I use Signal. But uh, they raised one point seven billion dollars in investment money. So they said, wow. ah, we don't need your sticking ICO. We got enough cash for now. <laughs> the crazy thing is that hundred, that $1.7 billion in investment uh, was <laughs> only from 175 people. Well, you know, that's because uh, we don't have a middle class anymore. Well, it's a Russian-based company, so I'm guessing they got a lot of oligarch money coming I'm in I'm guessing that, that as well. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that sort of stuff, I don't have a story in the news uh, in our show notes here, but I did see that... Uh, I use WhatsApp because a bunch of my friends happen to be on that. And you go where your friends are, right? Facebook, you know that very well. Uh, so, yeah, I do use WhatsApp. And I saw that the head is now leaving uh, because he is disagreeing with what Facebook wants to do with it in terms of privacy. So oh, apparently they want to uh, degrade the crypto on it and, uh, you know, open things up a bit more so they can get their grubby little claws in there. Good timing, Facebook. Well, I, I think that comes back to remember all the, the issues that they had with Brazil. Like Brazil basically kicked him out because of that. Yeah. So maybe they need that Brazilian money. Maybe um, they yeah, do. I saw the articles I read because it's the the actual founder of WhatsApp. It's been yeah. with them since you know Facebook bought them for billions of dollars, and it said that he wanted to go. The, the articles that I read said he wanted to go f- play frisbee and buy more Porsches. But <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. But I didn't I didn't see that he was actually disagreeing with somebody and taking a stance on something. Wow. Yes. That's rare. appreciate that. Right. That's why I felt the need to mention it. We like that. OK. Good on you. Moving now, let's talk about social media again. Uh, this is a uh, stories are about to surpass feed sharing. Now what? <laughs> Asked Tech Crunch. Uh, they said we're at the cusp of the visual communication era which we've figured out since everybody just uses emojis instead of words these days. Yeah. Uh, Story creation consumption is up 842% since early 2016, according to consulting firm Block Party. Much better band than a consulting firm, I'm thinking. Well, here's I I want to stop you right there before we start to go go into this. The stories creation and consumption is up 842% since early 2016. It's because they didn't exist in 2016. That's... (laughs) 
Remember when Star Trek Uptek whatever Star Trek yes. Discovery came out and they're like, we are getting record subscribers. I'm like, because the service just opened. Because Every you subscriber you have before. <laughs> Every new one is a new record. Imagine yeah, that. I'm sorry. Stories have not been around since 1916. Uh, no, this is new yes. tech. And and oh, since Instagram stole it from Snapchat and put it in there. Why are we surprised that story stories creation and consumption is up? Nobody had it before. When yes. once Instagram got it, boom. I yes. hate stories. <laughs> I agree with you 100%. I hate stories as well, but uh, as, you know, this this percentage is complete bullshit because of that. But even you have to agree, uh, I certainly noticed amongst my friends, I'll, they're all posting stories now. I, I can hate them. I've never posted one. Uh, I had no idea, you know, there's Snapchat, they're on Instagram, they're on WhatsApp, they're on Facebook, and now Messenger, apparently. So you've got all these stupid slideshows that people are putting instead of their feed. So it is what it is. It's 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 huge. So it's definitely growing and people are moving towards it. And I I'm not thrilled about that. Um, it says the, this article, the repercussions of this medium shift are vast. Users now <laughs> consider how every moment could be glorified and added to the narrative of their day. Social media platforms are steamrolling their old designs to highlight the camera and people's stories. And advertisers must rethink their message, not as a headline, body text and link, but as background overlays and a feeling that lingers even if viewers don't click through. Kill me now. Fuck no. Me first. <laughs> me first. So I have used stories in Instagram just on the dog's account because when they play, it's kind of mm -hmm. fun. I can just pop it out and do a quick video of it. But the thing about it is they're ephemeral and they go away. So I'm not going to spend any time on it. I mean, it saves it to my camera roll so I can look at it later. But the biggest issue I have with them is, A, they're all vertical, which I hate. But, mm -hmm. you know, when you're looking at them in the context of the app, that's how you have to shoot it. So later on down the line, if you want to go back and look at the videos, you've got all this crappy vertical video, yeah. which just sucks. I mean, yeah. ugh, who wants that stuff? Well, the other thing about it is that it doesn't foster the community sense because you can't comment on them. You you send direct messages and things like that, but there's no thing where like you don't start any sort of conversation. Because they disappear, you know? Yeah, exactly. It, so That goes back to the whole ephemeral thing. I like ephemeral social media, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time making stories that because yeah. you know, that that a tweet sure go away you know I want I want all my tweets to go away after a day because usually actually I want them to go away right after I write them because most of the time I'm drunk and get in trouble but <laughs> yeah this this whole thing, no this is not this is not a paradigm shift of so, for social media it's not it's a it's a fad remember when people used to call things fads and then they would go away oh like Pokemon Go was a fad no yes. it's the next big thing in AR. Which was really stretching the boundaries of what we call AR, by the way. Anyway, this is, uh, it must have been a slow news day. Please, tell me it was a slow news day and people don't really believe this shit. It's it, no, sorry. Mm. Yeah. Damn. Uh, we talked a lot about automation and what that'll mean. Uh, I found a really interesting article on marketplace.org. If a wave of automation is coming, what countries are best prepared? So enter the automation Readiness Index, the ARI, a research project put together by The Economist and funded by Swiss robotics giant ABB. It's a global list ranking the nations most prepared to smoothly integrate intelligent automation into their economies. Um, so this is a really good article, and I have to give them a lot of credit for not really banging on about the term AI too much in here. They were very good about just sticking to automation and not all the rest of the stuff. So it, it'll sadden us to know that the U.S. is at number nine. Which uh, you'd think, you know, with all the startups and technology innovation that comes from here. However, uh, that we have no governmental program 
uh, and while a bunch of other developed countries like Germany, which is at number one, has a has an entire program uh, getting prepared for Industry 4.0 or AI or robotics or anything like that. Um, the second thing that's dragging the U.S. down is educational policies. Shocking. A lot of the U.S. educational system is geared towards getting people into higher education. What's missing is essentially what used to be called vocational training. So this is a really interesting report. I, I recommend everybody go take a look at it and uh, prepare to move to either Germany or Canada, which are doing a lot better than well, Canada's. Canada's number five. Yeah, not bad. No, on the, nine. I think they need to, to hire a cartographer for this infographic, though, because... Where they put their their bullet points for the U.S. is, <laughs> I think, in Canada. And Canada is yeah. almost in Alaska. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's not okay. the uh, best, uh, no. best bullet points then, system there. So. Definitely not. But, uh, yeah, South Korea, number one. Ger- uh, sorry, Germany is number two. I thought it was number one. That oh, I yeah. Had. Singapore, Japan, Canada. And uh, let's see. Then we go Estonia. Imagine that. France, the U.K., and then finally the U.S. So, wow. Yeah. Well, who's, so who's, who's last on the list? I want to figure out who I don't... Oh, Indonesia. So we don't go to Indonesia for that, but... Or we go there if we want to just escape all this sort of stuff and live somewhere. That's true. In, That's in, a, true. in a jungle or something like that. <laughs> I don't Welcome know. to the jungle. Uh, I found another really interesting Think Piece article, Say Goodbye to the Information Age. It's all about reputation now. This is by Gloria Origi, an Italian philosopher and a tenured senior research at CNRS, the French National Center for Scientific Research. She has a book out called Reputation, What It Is and Why It Matters. So I think this would be a really interesting read. She kind of gets into facts. <laughs> facts don't matter anymore. What does matter is how we basically build up our connections and what people have come to believe from us. And we can basically get away with whatever as long as, long as we've built up a good reputation. So this is a bit like the social... Uh, a hierarchy system that they're building in China, really. And she's saying that we're kind of heading towards that way where you'll get a social score. Your your peers will rate you and you're, that's what will really matter. Oh, fantastic. Right? <laughs> Isn't that great? So I, I had this, I was going to put it in the show notes and I, I'd forgotten about it until you just mentioned this article. I, mm-hmm. I was walking down the street, down, down, down the way, and mm-hmm. I saw a sign, hairstylist and manicurists with a following wanted. Not with skills or talent, not with a degree in cosmetology or whatever the hell you call it. No, they just want people with a following. Well, because that way you know you're getting built-in customers coming in the door, right? Of course. And that got yeah. me thinking, back in the day, and you, you've, you've railed on this before about, uh, uh, what's her name, Amanda fucking Palmer. Like, yes. She went to a studio. The studio built her up, or the label built her up, spent all this money to make her a star. Then she left with her following and then basically made all the money off of it. And yeah. I was just thinking, because I, you know, it was like five in the morning, walking the dogs. And I'm thinking, man, I remember when you were nobodies. Then you were found and then you became a star. Now you have to become a star on your own yes. to actually do it. And just this whole thing is, is mind boggling. Well, my understanding is that's how the entire modeling industry works now. They, people don't go out and find models anymore. They just troll Instagram, and once you've hit a certain amount of people, you can become a model. I'm pretty sure that's how it works with photographers, too, on the other side of it, because I was talking right. with Seth Miranda when he was talking about his Instagram and how he sets it up, and he gets jobs, and other people get jobs based on their follower count. Crazy. It's insane. <laughs> it's yeah. just insane. You got to hustle. You got to have your side hustle going. You got to have your followers and your social media marketing strategy. Mm. Oh, can you uh, just kill me from the other one? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, some good news. Cambridge Analytica is shutting down. Woo! Yeah. Wait, hold on a second, everybody. <coughs> hold this on. Just in. 
Hold this just in. Beep, 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 beep. They may have shut down Cambridge Analytica, but they've started a new company called Ember Data. <laughs> so they didn't really go away. They just shut it down and uh, said they went bankrupt and they have a financial insolvency because of the scandal. And a bunch of the key figures just started a new company so they can continue going off and doing the same crap. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is not also go- nobody not knows go- where the data is going. Ah, fire sale. Nobody knows where all that data is going. Yeah, we do to the low to the or to the highest bidder for the fire sale. Right. That's right. We we talked about this long ago because we were like those databases live on forever. And the great part about it is those databases are they have password hashing and things like that that are based on old tech and they just sit in a locker for a long time. And then as technology keeps moving forward and those databases finally come back out in some kind of fire sale like this. People can go go back, break the passwords, then you get them back, and then they back out on the market. Yep. But the, and remember, this happened with Radio Shack. Radio Shack was basically selling customer data when they went bankrupt. Mm-hmm. So it's going to happen again. So all this stuff will be out there again. I'm sure. Yay. That's good times. <laughs> uh, Facebook had their big developers conference this week. F8, or as I call it, Fate. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. So they uh, basically were hoping to change the the news cycle that's going on about Facebook. Uh, I don't think it's working. <laughs> really? From every article that I've read, because <laughs> anything that they've talked about developing, everybody then goes, but what are the privacy implications? So we'll start to talk about that. They've also had some other really bad news coming out this week. Uh, Spyglass security founder Jackie Stokes tweeted that a Facebook security engineer was using his access to personal data to stalk women online. Oh, surprise, surprise, surprise. And now Facebook has confirmed that that was indeed happening and fired the employee in question, because I'm sure there's only one sad dude doing that <laughs> so glad oh, they found him oh yeah the one he was the one <laughs> this isn't fucking highlander it's not there can be only one it's the other way there's only one like honest guy probably at facebook and everybody else is dicking around just because yeah. we we've seen it we know <laughs> look we have we've always had this thing as developers called god mode mm-hmm. and it's called god mode for a reason and it's very difficult to uh pull yourself back from being god when you've got god mode <laughs> absolute power is absolutely awesome yes oh man and uh, i saw a new york times article facebook's privacy changes leave developers steaming oh no so this uh is basically you know kind of the same thing as the guy that was originally selling the data to cambridge analytica uh a site that made uh quizzes and other kind of crap called cubeu for years they were you know doing the same thing using the data for uh, research and business purposes, and Facebook finally said, "Nope, you're out." And of right. course, the the CEO of QBU is all pissy now. He's like, "Facebook threw us under the bus." And he said, "Facebook became what it was because of us developers. Now they want to blame us for everything that has happened to them." Well, two points here. Like <laughs> two points here. <laughs> One, get your own goddamn data. If it, if you're that good at it and that important, yeah, get your, your own, own goddamn website. data get people to come in there yeah you can't you cannot build your company in somebody's backyard and get pissed off when they turn on the sprinklers i've said it before i'll say it again and (laughs) it's just how how does this guy have the balls to bitch about it yes facebook did become what it is because of the developers that's your fault yes it goes the other way around something very bad didn't it exactly You made it to something really bad that they are now trying to fix in order to keep all the people there. This was a so. terrible symbiotic relationship, you yeah. know, and you should have learned from Twitter because Twitter kicked out all the developers ages ago 
and well, look that's what Twitter. A sentence be- I never thought we'd hear. You should learn from Twitter. <laughs> well, he should have. The only know, difference well. is, but the, here's the thing: the, the reason that we're not talking about all the privacy implications of Twitter is because they did kick out all the developers, and their site is a piece of crap, and their service is a piece of crap. Now, Facebook kept all the developers, turned it into this, you know, monolithic, just yeah. horrible thing, and are finally coming to terms with oh. Yeah, developers might not be the best thing. Opening our platform to anybody that has a, you know, a, a online account might not have been <laughs> the best thing to do. Yeah. Speaking of that, I got notices because I used to build I built different apps for for tons of the bands that I worked with, you know, back in the early days when you had to make an app basically to even, you know, put a widget on a website, oh, yeah, like yeah. kind of message commenting on on things and mm-hmm. things like that. So I've been getting all these notices because Facebook is revamping them and you have to go in and basically make all these changes. The amount of man hours involved in this, and since I know everybody that hires developers is cheap as F, I'm wonder- wondering how many of these apps are just going to disappear because they're not willing to pay or put in the time to go in and, and go through all the hoops that Facebook, Facebook is making you go through to fix them now. Yeah. I'm wondering if I'm going to hear from any of my old clients. I doubt it because <laughs> I doubt it because they're just going to let the stuff go. Yeah, so. no, this is this is yeah. this is all going to cobweb and just yes. go off into the ether. Yeah. So here's one of Facebook's first big mea culpas that's coming this week. Uh, Zuckerberg has announced that Facebook is building a new privacy control called Clear History. It will allow you to see all the information Facebook has collected about your use of websites and apps, such as the ones I was just talking about that I built, Mm -hmm. that employ Facebook's tracking tools. And then if you want, you can tell Facebook to forget that information, much like the Clear History button on your internet browser. So he, I'm not going to get into his explanation about it, but uh, basically it sounds really good, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, from a privacy (laughs) perspective, this move is one of the most significant in Facebook's history. It signals that the company is taking seriously the user backlash and threats of regulation in wake of the Cambridge Analytica scandal and congressional hearings. But (laughs) I am waiting for the butt to drop. Here comes that Facebook shoe. Note that clearing your history won't entirely delete the information from Facebook servers, however. Rather, Facebook said it will clear the information from your account. So this is what I always say delete actually means. Exactly. Delete just means you don't get to see the data anymore. That's it. That's it. That's it. Display (laughs) equals zero. That's all it is. So they say that means it will store your browser history, but it will do so in a way that doesn't identify you as the person who is doing that browsing. Facebook will also let you opt out of that kind of tracking in the future, although, again, it will still track you in an anonymized way. And as we all know, there's no real such thing as total anonymization, and things can be de-anonymized very, very easily. So, again, all it does is remove your ability to see your information, not theirs. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Oh, and I I wanted to throw this one out there. Somebody on um our clash or what a battle royale guild asked what I was using and you were using to kill our Facebook messages. Uh, mm-hmm. the histor- historical one. Social book post manager is the one. It's called social book. Not yeah. Facebook. Jason uses it. I'm going to start using it because this is just starting to get ridiculous. I hadn't yet because I just figured, oh, whatever. But uh, it, it's time. Yeah, but I mean, it's still just setting the display flag to zero. But at least yeah, it, other people can't see it. Only they can see. Only they can see your data. But yeah, social yes. book is what it's called. Social book post manager, and it works pretty well. But you have to use it in Chrome. Yes. Which is, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. It's just, it's basically a script widget that goes through and clicks delete and okay for you a lot of times. That's all it does. Yeah. So one of the things that uh, Facebook has announced at uh, Facebook hate, 
or F8 or whatever the hell they're, I'm just calling it Facebook hate now, I've moved on, <laughs> is they're going to move into the online dating arena, which has Tinder, Hinge, and Bumble acting like spurned lovers. Well, this should not be surprising to anybody. If there's any area out there that is getting traction, Facebook's going to try to open up something. The question for me is, could this be... <laughs> What are they thinking in terms of timing? Oh, dear. Everybody is complaining about privacy, and now we're going to throw our love lives and all that data into your hands? Yeah. As Paul on Facebook pointed out to us, is this just another way to get more data? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Zuckerberg is now in your junk. Yeah. So Junkerberg. I, I, you know, that's what we'll call him from now on. <laughs> Junkerberg. I'm surprised that they're just building out their own. I'm, I mean, why not just? They've got enough money. Buy Tinder. Well, buy Bumble. But why would they do that when they can just recreate it? They've got all the data. They've got all the connections. Why would they actually need to pay money for it? Or even more confusingly, they'll do like what they did and they'll buy WhatsApp, but still have their own messenger product and then have two things doing the same damn thing. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> true. I'm just wondering why it took them so long. Yeah, me too. Uh, you, you think this would have been something they would have rolled out a long time ago, but uh, they're going to bring it to us. So it doesn't matter to me, but enjoy that, Jason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. I am terminally single. That's okay. All right. Well, the other thing they're rolling out is Oculus Go, which they hope will bring virtual reality to the masses. Now, I did not read too much about this because I'm really not interested in this stuff. But uh, Jason, you've got a lot in here. Well, I, I checked out the the initial offering for Oculus Go, and it's $199. Doesn't require a PC or a smartphone. Uh, That's affordable. I wanted it. I want it. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't have $200. <laughs> So I cannot get one. Um, uh, Patreon.com slash Grumpy Old Geeks. Yeah, please, please. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty, pretty please. Drop us some money. Um, yeah, no, I am just, I am like dirt poor right now. So I can't get one to try it out. Right. It looks cool, though. It looks really cool. And it's, I, I would like to try it. Um, but I can't. So if anybody's tried it yet, let me know. I've sent <laughs> a bunch of people links to it. So hopefully they will purchase it while I cannot. And uh, they've actually put out a new version at fate. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's called, uh, well, it's, it's just basically part of the rift line. And this right. one I think is really cool because they're actually pushing the tech forward now. Right. They've got this new thing called verifocal displays and it's, you know, it's got more shit inside of it because it's moving the lenses around to change the focal point on it, which I think is really cool. And what's even better is it's got sub millimeter precision, right. which is crazy in a headset. It's stuck on your face. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. And a bigger uh, field of view. The current, the current, you know, slate of them out there only go up to about 110 degree max. And these new ones will go to 140 degree, which is kind of cool. Hmm. So, well, I keep hearing word that, especially here in L.A., there's going to be these VR arcades that are going to be opening up. So maybe we'll be able to go to some place sometime soon and be able to try them all out. I can, I can tell you right now, you don't have to go to a VR arcade. Go to Best Buy. They have stations set up that you can go try them. And oh, I checked okay. that out. Maybe this we'll week. do a Grumpy Old Geeks field trip. Yeah, yeah. If you want to come to the Valley, because I sure as shit ain't going to Santa Monica. I don't yeah. want to get hit by a Prius or a bird. <laughs> I want to do a virtual bird ride where I can just throw the bird in somebody's window. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I, oh, that's the other thing I wanted to ask you about with the birds. Since they're just left on the street, isn't that just abandoned property? Can't you just take one? I mean. Well, they're, I suppose they're locked. I mean, there's no business license I, there. People are just riding them around and leaving them. You pick one up, you throw it over your shoulder and go home and <laughs> it's yours. Is that really theft? 
I don't know. I've I've seen some weird stuff. I've seen people like not not near the end of the day where there's the bird bounty hunters that are picking up the birds to go charge them and, and make their bounties. I've seen people in the middle of the day throw them in the back of their car and drive down the street. I'm like, what? I don't even understand what's going well, on. It anymore. could be just chargers. People going out getting the bounty on the charge. Could be. I guess. And the thing is, how would you know the difference? They don't have uniforms because that would cost That's money. Tr- Bird's not going to pay for well, a uniform. They're not officially employees. That's true. I mean, what, what do you <laughs> so, get when you sign up for Uber? A sticker. So yeah, <laughs> you probably have to exactly. print out and pay for yourself. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Let's talk about Snapchat really briefly. Um, Very Snapchat's briefly. Re- <laughs> Snapchat's redesign isn't working as Snap delivers weak earnings and poor user growth. Who would have predicted that? Yeah. That's one thing I've learned when I moved back here to LA. I've got friends who used to just all be on Snapchat. And now that I yeah. see them all the time, they're just saying, nobody uses Snapchat anymore. That redesign was terrible. We all left. <laughs> like, yeah, everybody's <laughs> just using Instagram and the story's there. It's Snap is done. It, I don't, yeah. They don't realize it yet, but they're done. Uh, one of the interesting statistics that came out of this Recode story, which I thought was very funny, Netflix added almost twice as many paying users last quarter as Snapchat added free users. Well, there you go. <laughs> Uh, oopsies oh my so God. yeah you know, snap will continue to limp along but uh doesn't look it's not looking pretty good for them anymore Mm-mm. that's uh got to say that uh technologyreview.com had an interesting story i was debating putting this in moron of the week just because i thought it was very funny but uh <laughs> it, i didn't it's actual i mean it is news it's interesting <laughs> but i just like the headline if quantum computers threaten blockchains quantum blockchains could be the defense uh the ever-going race oh god so quantum computers will break conventional blockchains so then we will have quantum blockchains that will be impervious to quantum breaking but then we'll come up with something else that'll break the quantum blockchain and then we'll need a something else chain yeah what comes after quantum i don't know a leap i guess we'll we'll have leap chain leap chain (laughs) god excel chain that's what i think we should call it there you go oh man yeah so uh stripe the payment processor Mm. out of san francisco land of men yes they are upset about the housing crisis that's going on in San Francisco. Okay. Uh, so they have donated one mm-hmm. million dollars. This is a four. So that'll buy a half of a house. This is a four. Or this is a, a nine billion dollar payment company, and they donated one million dollars to Yimby, a pro housing mm. development advocacy group. Yeah. Do you remember a few days ago when we talked about the the Bitcoin company, the cryptocurrency company that spent twenty five million dollars in one day on donors choose yeah yeah these guys have more money than they do and hey, they spend a million dollars hey, I, I i get you i get the point that you're coming from yeah. but it's so very rare for any of these companies to donate anything i will i will go ahead and say that this is a good thing it's better than nothing which is what most san fran companies are doing nothing i'm going to tell you right so, now this million dollars is not nobody cares about housing it's stripe what it is is the guy who buys the ad spots for stripe came back <laughs> and said hey how much can how much ads do we get for a million bucks okay what if we just spend that money on good press and we just do public outreach and say hey yeah. the housing sucks let's find let's find something it could have been homeless whatever but you know the whole same thing let's just spend that million dollars and we'll get everywhere because we are the crusaders for you know pro housing in san francisco I bet they get yep. more than a million dollars worth of press out of this. We're talking about them. That's right. Wouldn't have talked about Stripe if for any other reason. Uh, I've covered them on the show before. I have. Okay. I, I use Stripe. I, I've been a Stripe developer. A lot of people do. I think it's actually quite a smart thing. 
I mean, my hairdressers use it. All the food trucks use it. It, it was a genius idea. No, I mean, there as far as payment processing goes, they're a very good built-in payment processor with just a little bit of JavaScript. It's fairly easy to use. The only thing that they can't figure out how to do is unsubscribe me from all of their fucking emails that I get every week. Apparently, nobody can uh, can crack that nut in the on the internet anymore. Yeah, <laughs> no. Anyway, uh, Goldman Sachs is going to open a Bitcoin trading operation. This comes from the New York <sighs> Times. Okay, <laughs> uh, they're uh, they're not going to be actually buying and selling Bitcoin at the outset. Okay, uh, but here's the. This is one of the great bits of it. Uh, Rana Yared, one of the Goldman executives overseeing the creation of the trading operation, said the bank was clear-eyed about what it was getting itself into. And then goes on to say, I would not describe myself as a true believer who wakes up thinking Bitcoin will take over the world. For almost every person involved, there has been personal skepticism brought to the table. Apparently not enough. <laughs> All I'm saying. Just point, can I just point out? That this is the New York Times, which normally I'm I'm very pleased with. Their headline is Goldman Sachs is to open a Bitcoin trading operation. The story is saying there will be no trading. Yep. There will be no operation. <laughs> All they're gonna do is start to they're they're basically doing an exploratory committee to look into exactly. it. Exactly. That is not a Bitcoin trading operation. That's right, because the next thing I was gonna say, well, Goldman will not initially be buying and selling actual Bitcoins. A team at the bank is looking at going in that direction if it can get regulatory approval and figure out how to deal with the additional risks associated with holding virtual currency. They are doing what any investment organization should be doing, which is looking at this thing that is out there in case it becomes something. But that is not opening a Bitcoin trading operation. That is vastly different. I bet somebody removed the word seeks. Goldman Sachs uh, seeks to open Bitcoin trading operations, but no, somebody just, oh, it'll be shorter. They probably had an SEO plugin that gave them a score back on how good their title would do on SEO. And they're like, oh, we just fudge it a little bit. <laughs> so we're saying that Yoast is basically making all headlines uh, completely the opposite of what they should be. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. This episode is brought to you by the new Eero and Eero Beacon. I've been dealing with crappy Wi-Fi ever since it was invented, and now those days are gone. Office buildings have had mesh systems for years, but they're way too expensive to have at home. Now, just in a few minutes, you can have an enterprise-grade Wi-Fi solution in your own very home that you control from your iOS or Android device. I just moved to my new place in L.A., and my studio is in the garage at the back of the house. Even with the basic Eero and two beacons, I had great Wi-Fi, but I just added another beacon in the garage, and now I've got amazing signal in the studio, but also in the backyard and down the driveway. The Eero beacons are total genius. You just plug them into any outlet and they create a total mesh. And these aren't extenders. They talk to your Eero base station to spread the full signal throughout your home. And most extenders, I don't know if you knew this, cut your bandwidth in half because they only use a single radio for inbound and outbound traffic. Well, now you know. I unboxed mine, downloaded the app, and was covered in five minutes. You just plug the Eero into your existing router, and it creates an entirely new network for you. Place the beacons where you need more signal, and that's it. And of course, we love security here at GOG, and the Eero system uses state-of-the-art WPA2 encryption and even has automatic updates, so the software is always up to date. Look, it's so awesome, you're going to want to get one of these systems as soon as possible. So we've arranged for free overnight shipping to the U.S. or Canada. Visit Eero.com, that's E-E-R-O.com, 
And at checkout, select overnight shipping and then enter promo code GOG. Boom! Free overnight shipping to the U.S. or Canada. That's Eero.com. Select overnight shipping and use the code GOG to make it free. Ups and doodads. Brian, with this move to Los Angeles, I found that I've had to re-sign up for different loyalty programs uh, locally here. And uh, I just want to talk for a second about the state of the loyalty program application. Okay. Do you have any of these? Have you used any of them? I do. Yes, I do. I have one because I get a good gas discount if I uh, do enough grocery shopping. Oh, would that be with Ralph's? It would be, yes. It would be with Ralph's. Yes, I used Mm -hmm. to use that with Jewel back back in the day. Now, this morning, I spent probably what is $100 of billable hours trying to get an app to work that would save me 35 cents off of an avocado. (laughs) It it dawned on me how terrible these things are. So I've used the CVS one before. Doesn't work. CVS Pay doesn't work. They always break. I've actually had to take my app to a stand to scan a QR code to print me out a physical coupon to walk back to the cashier with. Right. There is so much money to be made in all of these loyalty programs that it boggles my mind that nobody out there can figure out how to write good software for them. I just don't use the apps. I just have everything tied through a fake phone number. Well, that too. You can do that. But the thing with Ralph's is they have what's called digital coupons. So you have to have the app to go in and click on a button that says add to my card. So then when you go in and use the card, which mine is also under a fake phone number, Mm -hmm. uh, because they give you quote unquote virtual cards now. Yes. And they just don't work. That is a that is a space that is ripe for disruption. Hmm. That's all I'm saying. Somebody out there should go and fix this problem. I agree. (sighs) I'm just saying. Okay. I've also tried a new app called Beyond Menu. Ooh, do they go beyond the menu? Oh, yes, they do. (laughs) Oh, they go beyond the menu and beyond the law in some spots. Oh. Uh, I was trying to get some delivery because I was was exhausted from moving everything and just my back hurt. I'm just like, I need food now. Uh, and so I found an app called, well, actually I found an app through a restaurant that I wanted food from. Mm-hmm. And so I got the app and installed it and did it. No, no delivery charge or anything. It just, you know, put the order in, went straight to the restaurant and then I paid through Apple pay. This is key. I'm going to tell you why in a second. Okay. But so then I used it the next day because then I'm like, I looked at the list of restaurants on there and I've been craving Persian food for two years. I love Persian mm, food. So me I got too. me some. I got me some cash to bottom June and some gourmasabsi and some uh, yogurt with shallots. And same thing, went straight straight to the app, paid through it, came right away. So I was going to talk about it this morning. Then I went and I said, let me check out some reviews here because I don't see what their business model is. And there's no little thing. I'm thinking like, oh, first 30 days, no delivery charge or whatever. But they are just a pass through to the restaurant. Yeah. There's a reason why they're just a pass through to the restaurant. Would you like to guess what that is? Uh, no, you go ahead and tell me. They're stealing people's credit cards what? and charging them. <laughs> it is a massive scam. I went to this site called Site Jabber, mm-hmm. and there are over 100 one-star reviews saying, right after I used this app, my credit card was dinged for several hundred dollars in an offshore phone scam. Some people are saying they're in China. Their address has been listed at two different places in Illinois. But almost everybody, even restaurant owners are saying, Nope, they stole, they hijacked my reviews. Everything this is like the biggest scam That's I've ever seen. That is and amazing. 
so I think I dodged. Well, here's the here's the difference. I didn't dodge a bullet because I used Apple Pay. Uh, because if they had gotten my credit cards, there's no money on them anyway. Right. So I would have probably been exempt from it, but it still would have been a hassle, and they would have racked up, you know, uh, about another eight dollars in charges that they could have gotten off that card because I'm right at the limit of that food that I bought was the last thing I could put on my Amex. And uh, so, but with Apple pay, it's unscammable. They can't like take the number and charge it again. So that plus one for Apple pay right right. there. So they can't get your credit card number. Hey, look, we found a food delivery service app that actually has a viable business model. Exactly. They just steal your money. Just steal all your money. (laughs) That's it. So uh, I would say avoid beyond menu. If you can. I think that would be wise. The reviews are amazing. Uh, that's a, It's a fun read. By all means, go to our show notes and check that out. <laughs> yep. GOG.show slash 258. There'll be a link there. And uh, wow. I was like, you know what? Hats off. Hats off to you for just not giving any fucks and just taking the credit card numbers and saying, we're just going to take your money. Yep. Amazing. That's amazing. All right. So I talked last week about the Apple Watch that I have recently gotten and my one big complaint being the fact that I like to wear the watch pretty close to my wrist. So I would always like uh, bang up against the button that uh, would then launch Siri. And Mm -hmm. Dan B1 Kenobi over on Twitter sent um, a little note to me and well to the show as well that says love every episode. And have you tried flipping the crown orientation? Looks unconventional, but barring larger forearms might prevent accidental Siri activations. Also makes scrolling easier with opposite hand. And he sent a little photo, and that looks like a really good idea. So I might have to try that. That sounds like a fantastic idea. Yeah, I'm totally going to do that. I'm totally going to do that. So thanks for the tip. Can't believe I didn't think about it myself, but uh, awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, let's see. I also saw some other news because I know you like to do your Insta scamming segment, which uh, I just haven't found lacking. anything. Yeah, I haven't well, found anything this week. It's going to get a lot easier now because Instagram is now launching their own pay system within Instagram. So you do not have to leave Instagram anymore. You will, uh, they're rolling this out to some users now. So you will be able to buy that overpriced item that's being advertised right away without even looking. Oh my God. That's not good given everything that you've been discovering about the ads on there. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, somebody is about to make a gazillion dollars. And I think <laughs> you and I need to look into drop shipping right away. Right away. Yes. Because this might be the way that we retire, because podcasting ain't cutting it, coding didn't cut it, but selling overpriced shit to kids who like to look at pictures of their friends, that might be the actual way that we finally cash out of this damn ecosystem. All right, let's get on it. Media Candy. I found an interesting article over on the New York Times called Pirate Radio Stations Explode on YouTube. Mm-hmm. When that, when you hear that, what do you think of? Uh, I think of, uh, what was that movie with Christian Slater? Oh, uh, Pump Up the Volume. Yes, I think Pump Up the Volume, except for the digital age. I think so copyright some, infringement, personally. Well, of course, obviously. <laughs> obviously copyright infringement. But that's got to be tough to, to police in real time because if it's like a radio station that's just streaming and it's, uh, I'm assuming it's just like individuals that uh, put out their own shows whenever they feel like it, that's going to be tough to catch. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Some people have had their, their channels shut down. Mm-hmm. And this is, these are kids that are basically using the live streaming feature of YouTube. Yeah. So they're just you know turning on a stream, pumping something to it, and letting it play. They're yeah. pumping up the volume. Yeah. There used to be a lot of different services like that, all of which eventually got shut down because, yeah, copyright infringement. You're, if you're not paying the the radio license fees to the different uh, music institutions, then you can't do that. You can't just play music all anytime you want for public consumption. 
You just can't do that. Yeah. So, and here's the thing: a lot of it's like you know, chili EDM type of stuff. And mm-hmm. I think these a lot of these kids are pretty smart. They figured out a way around it. Yeah. Start their own label. Yeah. There you <laughs> they go. started their own label, so all the mu- music that's on there are their musicians or Perfect. their friends. Yeah. So it's free promotion for them. Mm-hmm. People get exposed to the music, and nobody's harmed. In the process, which I thought was pretty damn clever. Yeah, that is very that, that that's getting around the system. I'm sure YouTube will figure out a way to shut it down, but very clever. It's it's not against the rules. It's their music. They own that's the copyright, true. or that's they have true. they have rights to it. I guess the hard part there is getting people to come listen because because it's not uh you know it's new music that they may not like. So, but apparently that's what they like about it. Good, excellent, go kids. This is like mm-hmm. a, a little punk rock thing. I'm good, good on them. Yeah, I mean they're only making like five to ten grand a month, but you know. That's <laughs> that's not bad. <laughs> Currently, that's more than I make. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, right. Brian, would you like to start making some music? We can, sure. We can, you know what? We can compose while we're figuring out what kind of crap to sell on Instagram. Exactly. I'll, the music to sell on to Instagram by will be my first album. I brought my, my little Yamaha keyboard that my brother gave me here. I've got a studio now, so come on over. Look, I like I like seeing all this stuff. I like seeing these little hustlers. Uh, I like seeing these these ways around. And I like people seeing you know building their own new things that actually make them money. That's that's great. I'm all I'm all for this. That's fantastic. This is exactly yeah. what this stuff should be for. I'm, so I'm with good it on them. Uh, I know you haven't caught up with the Expanse. It's it's continuing to be very good. The Americans oh, is continuing to be very good. A little yeah. slow, but it's a very good. Hey, they're heading somewhere. I don't know where yet. But what episode are you up to? Uh, I'm caught up. So episode so, five, okay. Yes, yeah. uh, five, five brought it back. One was good. Two through four were, and yeah. I thought five was. It finally got back to something that I could get into. Yeah, but. it's heading somewhere. Yeah. And the other thing that I did this week, you know, the baseball is back. My Dodgers. I like to watch my Dodgers. It's very relaxing for me. Uh, there was a, I, 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 there was a game. <sighs> This Thursday, Dodgers versus the Diamondbacks, big series. Mm-hmm. And Dodgers are starting to do a little bit better, so definitely wanted to watch the game, see what was going to happen. Not on broadcast TV, <clears throat> not okay. on uh, Spectrum's channel that I pay for specifically. That is all Dodgers all the time, every single Dodger <laughs> game. No Facebook Watch, bought an exclusive, so I had to watch on Facebook. I mean, I suppose I could have watched on my TV by throwing it to my Apple TV or something like that. <sighs> boy, oh boy, what <laughs> you kids today, if this is the way that you want to watch TV, I don't know about this. I found it incredibly annoying. So if you bring up the screen, the default, of course, is very Facebooky. You see names of other people that are watching. There's a continual stream of people commenting about the game. There's a continual upstream of, you know, different emo- different Facebook emojis, thumbs up, uh, mad face, blah, 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 all going all over the place. You can see what friends of yours are watching the game. So shout out to a friend of the show, Ryan Gamsby, who is sitting there watching the game with me. You can talk to each other while watching the game. I don't want any of this. So thankfully, <laughs> there is something called quiet mode. You get oh, that. Good. So you don't get all the crap. So... I switched that on and I was able to just watch the game and that was fine. Not great, but fine. They do a very good job of synergy because every baseball player basically these days has an Instagram page. So, oh, And they don't do ads. 
So they have a lot of time to fill because baseball could be a very slow game. Yeah. So, of course, they throw up the Instagram videos from different players in the game and talk about it throughout the whole thing. So it's a very millennial sports watching experience. Uh, and the best thing of all was the the jock commentators. They don't have you could tell they were being fed things by the tech team to try to explain <laughs> what was going on. So listening to them try to describe how to turn on quiet mode so you don't get all that stuff because they kept having to say that because people were really annoyed at seeing all this stuff when they just wanted to see the game so you could tell they were getting in their headsets explain the quiet mode thing again swipe swipe on your tv if you're watching it on your tv swipe (laughs) really or hover over not physically i mean with your mouse or finger (laughs) they want you to hover with your finger Because the, the yeah, it was bad. Because I mean, the reality is, you could be watching it on like twenty five different devices, all of which have different UIs, right? Yeah. So yeah. how are they going to explain all that? It, it was the best. It was oh. very funny. So uh, okay. you know, Facebook TV or Facebook Watch or whatever the hell they're calling it, uh, I can see it being a thing someday. But uh, okay. it's just very funny right now, and it was quite the interesting experience. <laughs> it sounds like it. Now, one of the things that we had back in in Chicago. Yeah. was uh you could everybody hates the tv commentary for the most part so we love the radio commentary so yeah. what you could do is you just turn off you, you mute your tv and then you buy a little cubs radio <laughs> the cubs radio has a genius feature it's basically like a tivo so depending on where you're at and where your signal is and how like how to sync it it has mm. a little knob that you can offset the timing Ooh, so it will genius. absolutely match the what you're seeing on TV. Is that not the coolest thing ever? That is very cool. I like, like that. I wish the Dodgers get on that. Yeah, it was like 20 bucks. I'm sure there's, there's probably a generic radio that you can get to find that. Yeah. But yeah, it was just a little little portable radio with an antenna that you put some, you know, double A's in and you put it by your TV and you literally can just turn the knob to sync it right up with your TV. I thought it was amazing. Very cool. Security? Ha! We're back this week with Dave Bittner from the Cyberwire. How's it going, Dave? Ah, oh, pretty good, gentlemen. Glad to be back. Hope everybody's doing well. Oh, of course we are. Of course, <laughs> of course. Of course. So uh, it's not guaranteed. No, <laughs> especially by the time we get to this part of the show. <laughs> yeah. True that. True yeah. that. Well, it's you know it's been such an upbeat show until this point. Is that right? Oh, I can't wait oh, to no. listen. <laughs> Well, it's oh, been no. such an upbeat week. Everything's <laughs> everything's coming up roses, right? Yes. <laughs> At least we're not Kanye. There you go. <laughs> so we got a little follow up on Twitter uh, from our discussion with our, our dealing with our parents and technology last week. Uh, Moss six five zero two says, uh, "Years ago, I bought my parents iPads with keyboards. It really cut down on support calls. Mm-hmm. An option, perhaps, for all of us." Yeah, I think it's it's not a bad idea. I, I, in fact, I think iPads are great for seniors in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, it's it's a really good choice. And uh, by the way, I love Moss 6502's handle there. Everybody know what the 6502 is? Enlighten us, Dave. Oh, it's the microprocessor in the Apple II. There, there you, go. you go. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's also our friend Gabriel Pagan <laughs> down in the lovely place of Puerto Rico with no yes, power. With no uh, power still. Okay. <laughs> Well, it's, it's variable power now. I yes, think. variable. <laughs> That's an important number from my childhood, the uh, good old 6502. So nice. there you go. Uh, other news, uh, as everybody has probably heard since uh, just recently, Twitter said, hey, you know, you might want to go change your password. Um, this is 
one of those abundance of caution kind of alerts. Uh, turns out that Twitter discovered in some logs with some of the, I, I think it's some of the hashing functions that they do on passwords, they found a log that was deep inside the system that had a bunch of passwords that were saved in plain text. And oops, oops is right. And uh, best they can <laughs> tell, nothing was accessed, nothing was breached, nothing got out there, but they're just warning everybody out of an abundance of caution, go ahead and change those passwords, which is a good idea. And we would add, while you're at it, if you're not already using a password manager, this would be an excellent, <laughs> it's kind of like how they tell you to you know, change the batteries in your smoke detectors when you, when you switch uh, from uh, daylight savings time. Well, this breach is a great opportunity for you to start using a password manager. So, and we agreed. recommend one password over here on the Grumpy Old Geeks. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> this segment brought this password breach brought to you by. <laughs> well, actually, by nobody because those bitches ain't paid us in a long time. But we still like the product. Yeah, <laughs> we do. We still like their product, even if they haven't come back to advertise with us again. Another interesting thing, though, about uh, this password breach is some folks are speculating that. The discovery of – there's been several discoveries of some of these log files lately. I, I think I believe there's one over on GitHub recently. And there's speculation that this is because of the looming GDPR uh, regulation. Well, the R is, stands for regulation, so that's redundant. So for the pendants <laughs> in the audience, I'm sorry. I know you just spit out your coffee. But uh, so that's coming. And so that prompts a review of a lot of security items by various companies to try to make sure that they're going to be – in compliance with it when it comes online on the 25th of this month. So there's uh, just interesting speculation that that is likely or, or a possibility for how they may have come across these logs that a lot of people are right. looking through the stuff to see exactly how, how do we store that data? And, and you know, all that stuff we've been pack ratting for the past decade, that might, that might run us afoul of GDPR. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. you know it's just some you know developer that left five years ago that just wrote a log function in his test code to see oh what what's being passed to this function oh let's dump it over here and then just forgot to comment it out or take it out a long time ago mm. and I'm sure a lot of people are finding those little log files that are just stuck somewhere on a server that they've never seen or you know just any developer worth their salt is always writing logs when they're doing it so. I think a lot of companies are going to find these lying around. So we might have to change our password a lot. <laughs> well, let's hope not. But uh, anyway, like I said, it's not not a huge data breach or anything. But uh, just for the heck of it, if you're on Twitter, go ahead and change that password to a nice, long, secure one. Yes. And speaking of people looking around to see what might what interesting information might just be laying about, <laughs> uh, Palantir. <laughs> which is Peter Thiel's dating binding company. There is a very long form article on Bloomberg that gets deep into the weeds on what he is doing, what he has done, what Palantir is doing specifically um, using war on terror tools to track down American citizens. And they say the scary thing is they are desperate for new customers. Uh, as shown in the privacy breaches at Facebook and Cambridge Analytica, with Thiel and Palantir linked to both sides of the equation, the pressure to monetize data at tech companies is ceaseless. Uh, the interesting thing about this article for me is we've kind of been having an ongoing discussion here in this segment about how technology has outpaced rapidly um, our laws and our procedures and even our ethics about how to deal with data. And it seems to me that uh, Palantir and Peter Thiel in particular are so far ahead of the curve in terms of big data collection and what they're starting to do with it. it it's somewhat frightening. 
I cannot disagree. Um, in fact, uh, I interviewed an author recently. Uh, he's got a new book out. It's called Habeas Data. Uh, privacy versus the rise. Yeah, <laughs> <Good title. laughs> privacy versus the rise of surveillance tech. Uh, the guy's name is Cyrus Farivar, and uh, really interesting guy. I recommend this book. Um, he uh, it's just coming out uh, as we speak. It's just out now. But he goes through a lot of the legal cases. He goes back to to the Supreme Court cases that have led us to where we are today when it comes to a lot of these regulations and how they lag. Um, his his initial interest in all this was the license plate readers that the police have. Uh, he lived in Oakland, California for a while. Um, and he lived overseas in Germany for a while and was struck by how different their attitude is towards security and safety than ours is. Mm -hmm. But uh, another thing that struck me in this article was uh, there was a paragraph here um, where they said, uh, the platform is supplemented with what sociologist Sarah Brain calls the secondary surveillance network. The web of who is related to, friends with, or sleeping with whom. One woman in the system, for example, who wasn't suspected of committing any crime was identified as having multiple boyfriends within the same network of associates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oops. Big data can, uh, that's, again, we always, you know, slippery slope scenarios. Big data can, can give us outcomes that we really like, um, like, you know, catching a, a serial killer. And it can give us outcomes that maybe we don't like so much, like discovering that you might have a disease and then the healthcare industry finds out about that and jacks your your rates or uh, that you, yeah, you're sleeping around a little <laughs> right, bit. Right. Should we name that Diddlebot? Diddlebot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Griffins over at Twitter uh, sent us one to us and the Cyberwire, which I thought was kind of amusing. This is a tweet from Harold Sinnott. And uh, it says, uh, lots of hashtags. I'll leave out the hashtags because we just start to sound like parody when we put them in. Next in cybersecurity, scientists warn artificial intelligence could actually hack your brain. Mm. No. <laughs> this is like yeah. Kevin Mitnick whistling up the launch codes for all the nukes. Yeah. You know, this is it's, it's a video that's been put out by the World Economic Forum. And I've got to say, you know, I... I I need to get hired by the World Economic Forum um, to, so I can just make these sorts of things. It's a wonderfully, like, socially viral made video. And, you know, yes, maybe in 30 or 40 or 50 years we could start worrying about this. But we're nowhere near this, as we all know. And this is just kind of, uh, you know, this is a little security masturbation as far as I'm concerned. Mm, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I guess the notion behind this is that they can read brain waves and and then also they could transmit brain waves to influence yes. your brain um yes so i'm going to start <laughs> buying up uh stock in tinfoil hats i don't know about you guys <laughs> yes definitely so yeah the the idea here being we will get to the point where we'll be able to uh you know track the passages of neurons and the firing of neurons in your head and figure out what you're saying uh, or thinking and then the opposite of that being we could trigger them and make you think whatever we want we can't figure out how to get scooters to work on the streets of santa monica <laughs> how the hell are we going to make this work <laughs> well the yeah, other thing that, that strikes the me problem. about the other thing that strikes me about this is that this is the this is the complex uh, solution to a much simpler problem the the influencing people look at magicians and sleight of hands artists and pickpockets or and, facebook in the last election exactly exactly there are much cheaper much easier ways to do this i suppose this this makes for good movies and and yes perhaps there are some highly specialized 
cases where nation states might be able to make use of this. Uh, who knows? But uh, I don't know. For this to be something that's going to be happening, that, that any of us need to be concerned about on a daily basis in our regular, normal, everyday lives, <laughs> I don't think so. We already know how to program meat with words and advertising. We don't really need <laughs> AI to do yes, that. Right. We do right. not. But we can move on to some scenarios and thoughts that uh, we perhaps should be worrying about. This is over at Technology Review, and, and this is another wonderful article for this segment that scares the crap out of you. The Black Mirror scenarios that are leading some experts to call for more secrecy on AI. Artificial intelligence could sway elections, help Big Brother, and make hackers way more dangerous, suggests a new report called the Malicious Use of Artificial Intelligence, Forecasting, Prevention, and Mitigation. And they provide four dystopian vignettes involving artificial intelligence that seem taken straight out of the Netflix science fiction show Black Mirror. Did yeah. you guys read this? Well, actually, this is the uh, the research itself. The underlying research is uh, the article. I was talking about last week mm-hmm. that I suggested everybody check out, and it is one of the one of the best AI research papers that I've read in terms of being approachable, uh, an entertaining re- read, and thought provoking. So I, I do yes. recommend you check it out. What'd you guys think of it? I really enjoyed it. It was very very good. I, I found. Um uh, having read that last week and then reading this one this week, the thing that struck me about this particular one is the four scenarios that they propose, uh, a smarter phishing scam, the malware epidemic, uh, robot assassin, and a bigger big brother, uh, don't necessarily require AI. We could have all of these scenarios sans AI. Mm. <laughs> with just I? Yeah, with just, just I. Or, or, or A. <laughs> or A, for that matter, yes. But but you put so the two together that... and now you're cooking with gas. <laughs> hey, your peanut butter got in my chocolate. <laughs> uh, I, I remember growing up in the age of T and A, not A. And B. <laughs> mm-hmm. God, my, mm-hmm. it was a better world. <laughs> my, my favorite was the robot assassin. I thought that was pretty clever. I did like that one. Basically, yeah, inserting another cleaning robot into the mix at a at an organization that's been you know hacked to uh, on cue blow up is <laughs> uh, a clever clever idea. Wasn't that part of the X Files episode where the Roomba basically turned on <laughs> Scully and tried to kill her? Yeah, I, yeah, I did you know not what? Watch yeah. this latest abomination yeah. of X Files. That's true. That's true. No, yeah. Uh, that was a question yeah, for but... Dave, since you, Brian, didn't even want to participate. <laughs> so your opinions don't matter on the robot assassin. Right. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I guess my point being is the the original article that you uh, pointed us to last week was actually kind of very good, uh, while this was kind of the sci-fi scenario take uh, piss take from it. So right, right. <laughs> And we talked last week about uh, the situation with the the genetic uh, catching of the serial killer because uh, one of his family members uh, submitted to uh, to uh, I can't remember the name of the real one because we got to yelled at uh, by some people about that. So, but <laughs> it was breaking news in our defense when we were talking about it. So not all the information was in, uh, but the conversation has in a long form article about how your genome has probably already been hacked. Uh, talks about uh, all of these. Uh, Genetic for-profit genome testing companies like 23andMe, etc., make money in part by selling anonymized genomic data. And as we all know, there is no such thing, and all these things can pretty easily be de-anonymized. So they're basically saying that uh, all this stuff is probably out there already. It's a little bit late uh, in the game, but if you are worried about your privacy, make sure that you and your family members do not do these uh, cheek swab tests and send them off. And uh, the concern, of course, which I 
I didn't really get to last week because I was more just kind of thinking larger scale implications of ethics on it. The real concern, of course, is is when this data gets into the hand of things like employers uh, or insurance mm-hmm. companies. Yeah. GED match, by the way, was the name of the. Yes. Site. GED match. Thank you. Well, and, and I wonder, um, because of the way genetics works, like you said, if my biological brother submits his information, that could be the ball game for me as well, right? To a certain yes. degree. Yes, in terms of, uh, yeah, if an insurance agency happens to know your brother's genetic information, then it's going to hedge its bets and assume that you're very similar. Okay, note to future serial killers. Kill your family. <laughs> right, leave, leave no DNA behind. Start right? there. Yeah, start leave with your family. no genetic trace behind. Go as far Use as... Use a lot of bleach. Can. Yeah. In today's story on unintended consequences... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the other interesting point in this article, uh, in this article is it talks... It gets into how actually really useless... Most of this information is for health reasons, which is the reason why so many people sign up for this mm-hmm. in the first place, is is there is this thought, uh, certainly pushed by 23andMe and the other uh, companies that are out there, that uh, you are doing yourself a good health um, – you're doing your something very healthy for yourself and your family by getting this testing done. But the science does not seem to be bearing that, really, that, that there's very little benefit from genomic data in terms of, of – of, at least at this point in time, um, health. So, yeah. And we talked about this, that we're like the first generation that's doing this. So we're not going to know until, you know, a generation or two later, once we've had yeah. enough big data, I did it for the shits mm-hmm. and giggles. I don't think they had that on the, the a- actual advertisement, <laughs> but, um, yes, I did it for the shits and the giggles and it worked out pretty well, especially with the dog DNA. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the health things that 23 and me has thrown out at me, have been basically useless. I agree. Yeah. I, I did mine as well. And for me, it was uh, a little more interesting because uh, I am adopted. So I all I had was some family lore that uh, from my, my, my parents, my adopted parents, had. they had been told when they got me that I was part Native American. And so um, now because of this, remember, it was the early 70s, uh, because of this, <laughs> well, because of this, in <laughs> deference to my heritage, my parents, my sweet, loving parents, uh, dressed me in moccasins and <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. And oh <laughs> all that. And of course, anything that, you know, I was, I have just as luck would have it. I was a pretty fast runner. So of course that was because <laughs> exactly. Big itchy foot. Yes. So. <laughs> Well, it was a different time. Cultural appropriation <laughs> yes, now, was uh, right. not frowned upon at that point. If only Coachella had existed when you so were they, around. Then, you know, look, I was I actually could... just thinking how relieved your parents must be that you don't have to kill them when <laughs> right, you go right. and become well, a mass murderer. Right. So you can yeah, leave yeah. your family there's a, alone. There's a benefit to that. So, um, <laughs> so I went to get it to get the test. And of course, I fully expected that when it came back, it was just going to confirm the only thing I knew about my heritage, which was that I had was part Native American. And uh, sure enough, came back and no Native American. (laughs) (laughs) None. Zip. I am straight out of the middle of England. 
So, <laughs> yeah, right. I've, I've I've seen pictures of you. Yes, I I could have I could have yeah, called I mean, that. I have one. dark hair. <laughs> you know, I mean, I could see that I could have had a Native American grandparent, a great grandparent in there somewhere. It's not it's not implausible. I'm not you know blonde and and blue eyed. I, I yeah, I, Nordic. I, I am, I am yeah. dark. You know, it's just it's my swarthy complexion. Uh, could could uh, <laughs> yeah, you, know, you could you it wouldn't be out of the question. But according to the genetic stuff. Absolutely not. So, well, you know what? Also, it said that I was not very Italian, and every week I get a new batch of results that's saying I'm more and wow. more Italian. So, who knows? Day by day, you're becoming more Italian thanks to the Italian <laughs> supplement DNA genome you're taking. Shots every day <laughs> that yeah, I bought on Instagram. Those activated viruses they go in and rewrite your DNA, and and uh, you've been you've been I don't you've been uh, you haven't been able to resist playing Mario Kart ever since. And, <laughs> Don't be racist. <laughs> exactly. Right. He's got his wife, Peter, his red jeans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gold chains. Yard, it comes with gold over. chains. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. They and an eye rock. In addition to activating the Italian genes, they activated all of the stereotype genes in you as yeah. well. Gigantic right. mushrooms are growing in his yard. Right. He keeps jumping he over. a big bushy mustache and a chef's hat. <laughs> right. I sleep in a bed of pasta. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so cool. That actually I sounds kind of secu- nice. This security segment's kind of odd, isn't it? <laughs> oh, we're going to really get emails. Is. Send them to Brian at grumpyoldgeeks.com. <laughs> See, if it weren't for genetic testing, we would not have gone down this primrose <laughs> path. The Mario hole. Yes. <laughs> now, I'll tell you the other thing that can come from these. Uh, my wife uh, uh, found her birth parents thanks to Ancestry.com. So she was also wow. she was also adopted. And uh, out of the blue, got an uh, email from someone else who said, uh, "This uh, who had just gotten their DNA tested, and it said, uh, I'm getting a thing here that says you and I are closely related. And hmm. uh, sure enough, this woman turned out to be my wife's aunt. Now, my, my her aunt, who, by the way, had was not aware that my wife existed. Mm, so, right. uh, okay. her, no. her, so this woman's brother, my wife's birth father had some splaining to do uh, <laughs> oh i i think these are going to have a new segment <laughs> consequences you're 20 you're 23 percent milkman <laughs> yeah so it's all worked out great it's all you know it turns out they're very nice people both of her birth parents are still around she's since she's hmm. very happy and has started a, a new relationship and her adoptive parents are happy you know it's just it's, it's in this case it's been a very big thing uh, but, you know, an interesting thing that can happen with these for better, or for worse. I, I've heard of other cases where people have have had bad news, you know, that similar types of news that has torn apart families where people have discovered that they are not related to who they thought they were or their parent is not their parent. And so it can go both ways. You know, we were lucky that it, it went a good way. But um, that's another thing I think people need to be wary about with these tests. Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, there, there's definitely. one story that I, I forget what it was, but this guy was raising like nine kids. Turns out none of them were oh. his. I think I think those of us that kind of live a relatively normal life um, tend to assume that everybody else does. But what I've discovered, even within my own family, for instance, I had an uncle that had a, a, a child that none of us knew about until after he passed away and she appeared at the funeral. Mm. Uh, people are weird. There's a lot of weird stuff out there, no matter how normal you think your family may be i think uh, as as these testing things become more and more prevalent we're all going to discover some secrets everybody's a freak <laughs> i remember yeah. it just was before these tests came out someone did a study i think it was in the uk and 
Now, you know, they have the royals, so that throw things, throws things off a little bit. But uh, <laughs> it was in the UK, and they found that, I want to say it was between 1% and 2% of people were not fathered by who they thought they were fathered by. I do remember hearing something like yeah. that. It wasn't so, just like on Maury Povich. This right. was like a, a real study. Yeah. Right. And so one out of 100, one out of 50, that's... That's pretty significant. significant. Ah, you know, someone you're you, you're in your circle of friends. Uh, chances are, there's someone who is not parented or not uh, genetically fathered by who they thought they were. So, yeah, are interesting humans, aren't we? The tangled webs we weave. <laughs> yes, the stories that we tell about ourselves are mm-hmm. not uh, necessarily so accurate. Yeah. All right. Well, last uh, but not least, uh, something came across here that I'm including just because I think it's pretty darn cool. Someone has come up. It's a company called Loeb, and we've got a link to their website. It's loeb.ai, and they've come up with a visual interface for deep learning. Before you continue, yes, there's .ai. Why are we not GOG.ai? <laughs> I think we need to grab that, actually. Oh, my God. Let's make that Get happen. on that. For next show. <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's the suffix we were born to have oh yes, yes we are <laughs> can we make sure we get gog.ml as well yeah. please so <laughs> really so when i get is, angry is later a difference really yeah <laughs> what which one goes resolves the same which website one, right, right, right. Yeah. yes yeah but um so John Gruber, who writes the Daring Fireball website, uh, writes a lot of Mac stuff. I think he had a good way to put this. This is kind of like uh, how Adobe Illustrator made the whole world of PostScript available to anyone. You didn't have to do any hard coding. This Loeb yeah. thing makes deep learning available to just about anyone. It's drag and drop. Um, it, it's fun. It's interesting to play with. If nothing else, they have some interesting videos that'll help you understand how deep learning works. And it seems like one of those things that, boy, the the right people could really have a lot of fun with this. So uh, check it out. It's a, it's an interesting thing. Of course, the wrong people could also have a lot of fun with it, right? <laughs> it is pretty interesting. And, you know, hot dog, not hot dog came out of this. So, Oh, is that right? <laughs> yes. Yes. It's listed under their examples page. So uh, <laughs> that uh, very clever Silicon Valley send up is uh, right here. All right. <laughs> very good. All right, gentlemen. Well, that's what I've got this week. Until next time, be safe out there. And as a follow up, because we have to just mention this, unfortunately, GOG.AI is a Korean company and what? it exists. Oh, yeah. Damn. damn. <sighs> All right. Well, we know where to send our botnet. <laughs> <laughs> I have a great weekend, guys. You too. See have you guys. a good week. Brick-a-brick. Ranker is not my favorite site, but they occasionally have really cool and interesting stuff. I thought this was fascinating. It's the art of 3D facial reconstruction. Uh, it's a technique which has uh, been doing a lot, been used for forensic anthropology and has helped modern historians, professionals, and amateur alike finally come face to face with some of the most important individuals in human history. Basically, this has been going on for a long time, uh, been used to solve crimes and things like that, where they rebuild faces. Uh, now they've got the technology to the point where they're able to do really interesting things like um, find, be able to tell how much fat layers there was on, on a skull and things and soft tissue placement and where that was. So they're 
they're able to do 3D modeling of like these famous historical figures. And it's kind of cool. A little uncanny valley. Everybody kind of looks like a character from some, uh, you know, sort of a Game of Thrones, s- some Game of Thrones <laughs> thing, some Game of Thrones game that you went to a yeah. while back. Um, but it's interesting. It's definitely kind of cool. And I thought it was a, a little clever and worth taking a quick scroll through. It's uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to upgrade that from kind of cool to pretty damn cool. I really okay. enjoyed it. I I was flipping through it. I was, just, I was hoping there were more. I yeah, really wanted there to be more. Yeah. So it was really interesting. You find out like Robespierre obviously had the pox or something because he's got these marks all over his face. And I like to like Jesus Christ or whoever was under the Shroud of Turin. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, if you uh, if you actually followed that, it's probably Leonardo da Vinci who was under the Shroud of Turin. That is a very big. Uh, uh, was it a conspiracy theory? theory. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that, <laughs> Jesus looks befuddled is what, is what I really like about that. All right. Uh, the other cool thing I found out this week, scientists figure out why roses don't smell as good as they used to. Who knew? But basically, uh, we've been uh, we've been uh, breeding roses for their look and not their scent. And historically, roses smelled a lot better. So they're going to try to fix that now. Oh, that's good. Because, yeah, they don't really smell like anything anymore, do they? No, they really don't, do they? So, no. Yeah, the rose's natural scent has faded over time, according to Science News. So now they're going to use uh, some genetic tweaking to try to build the uh, fragrance in with the uh, with the ac- actual look. So that would be nice. We could uh, smell a rose again, Jason. Oh, that's good. By the way, do you remember the movie uh, The Name of the Rose? I do. It was a great movie. I'm just throwing that out there. That is quite the inside. Oh. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Um, And I put this one in here for you. Watch these robotic soccer players play a nail-biter of a match. Well, not so much a nail-biter, but uh, it was interesting. These are, uh, they're all robots Mm -hmm. made by SoftBank. Yep. And they're designed according to the requirements of the Standard Platform League, which is a robotic soccer league. Yes. Yeah, they could have just put random directions into most of these things. They're just wandering around. (laughs) Uh, did you were. get? A, did you watch any of it? I, I did watch it. I have two thoughts. First, uh, to the writers uh, at TechCrunch, I, I I deplore your lazy use of the tagline "I for one welcome our soccer playing robot overlords." That's yeah. weak sauce. Um, secondly, played just as good as the U.S. men's team, which is not going to the World Cup. Uh yeah. Well, I calling them a writer for this article, I think, is a stretch in and of itself because okay. there wasn't really much writing going on in this piece. Good point. Moron of the week. Jason, you and I both both use Slack. We use it uh, for to keep in communication about the show. I know you use it for other things as well, and I yes. briefly used it with a couple different projects that I worked on. I, it's a it's an interesting and good method of communication for business. I, think. I I don't know if I'd call it good. It's starting to really fucking annoy me. But okay, well this won't annoy you at all. <laughs> okay, there's a new tool for Slack called Slack. Slack. Slack which finally gives employees the power to shield their private conversations with end-to-end encryption. Developed by information security consulting firm Minded Security, Schlack allows users chatting via DMs in there to trade encryption keys and protect their messages from prying eyes like their boss, because it's a bit primarily a business communication method. Tools like Slack are an unfortunate necessity for users communicating over Slack because the popular platform doesn't offer any sort of native support that protects conversations. So if you wanted to talk to your other co-workers and you didn't want your boss to hear about it, maybe you could not 
do it in Slack because you could text or you could send an email or you could call them or you could go and do what we used to do, which is go over to the water cooler and talk about how the boss is an asshole. Yeah, go to the go to the office supply room, get a copy of Signal, maybe Telegram if you want the Russians to hear it too. But <laughs> uh, this is fucking stupid, right? Why this did they spend stupid. the time to build this? Why? I'm sorry if I'm at work. Uh, oh God, this is. I'm, I'm sorry. This is just the stupidest thing I've seen in a very long time. Well, that's why it's in this segment, Jason. <laughs> oh my God! And I needed something to put in here that wasn't Kanye. Oh, I know. I know. Poor Kanye. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, by the way. So it's good, it's good to point that out. Uh, but anyway, it will, so these people need to be checked for their mental health because <laughs> I am sorry. If I am a boss and then I just see a string of jumbled text rather than the contents of the communication, <laughs> guess what? You're guess fired. Guess what I know you're doing. <laughs> you're fired. It's the dumbest thing in the world. Yeah. No. And I know all about how Slack does does their um, their different modes for how corporations can pull the messages, what the rules are around them. And you know what? They are very good about announcing to employees that, okay, the messages that you are now sending, even if they're private, may be read by your company. So mm-hmm. you get a heads up. It's not like, oh, uh, you know, one day I can go in and see every message that you've sent to somebody else, even if I own the channel. No, Slack doesn't let you do that. But what you've just done by installing Slack is <laughs> point out to me that you're saying some shit on my time that you shouldn't be saying to somebody else. Yes. So there, therefore, you're fired. Yes. Hmm. God. Fucking morons. Feedback loop. We've got a couple new Patreon subscribers, Casey, Lucas, and Jared. And Jared had a note. Jason, have you had any chance to try out the Telodrone you have? Been wondering how you were liking it. Uh, I have not. It is stuck in a box, and I cannot find it yet. (laughs) Someday, (laughs) when I dig myself out of this mess that I'm in, because... It is It is almost literally 50 pounds of shit going into a five-pound bag from what I had to where I'm moving to. So, yeah, someday I'll get to it. I'm looking forward to it, but I haven't yet. Right. Uh, Jason also sent another note. I realize I put these out of order. He said, uh, so tonight the local news station did a story about a convicted murderer who has been working for Uber in the Bryan College Station area. They said Uber is investigating into how he was able to get hired and drive for the company. The unit mentioned in the story is a high security unit. When I worked in the prison system, it is one of the toughest units in the state of Texas. Nice. Well done, Uber. This is not surprising (laughs) to any of us. Uh, Neil also sent us a long message on Patreon. You guys did a lot of wild speculation on the Golden State Killer investigation. Wild! Um, Yes, we did. Well, I mean, it was a breaking story when it came out. So he gets into uh, talking about how it was GED match not major companies like 23andme and ancestry yeah we didn't that came out the day after this yeah at the time so uh yeah we'll put the message in the show notes so everybody can read what he had to say about it and i also just found uh, more work for another yeah sorry well you just copy and paste (laughs) it's pretty simple i cleaned it up don't worry oh Uh, i also included a link uh about how the golden state killers dna searches like the cambridge analytica scandal so this is an ongoing ethics discussion that uh needs to be had so what are ethics on uh 
Neil's side and uh, other sides of uh, the opinion. Yeah, what are ethics? That's a good point these days. Yeah. All right. Over at PayPal, we got a donation from Jurgen. He said, thank you very much for making my daily two-hour commute an interesting and fun event. I'm looking forward to many more episodes. My best wishes for you and the two- and four-legged family members. Jurgen from Germany. Nice. And over on Facebook, Christopher writes in, love the show. I heard about the Tello because of you. I made a little video. And it's a cool little video. Yep. For drone stuff. Yeah. Cool. No, I, I thought I had a comment here, but uh, I, I think I left it on you the YouTube not. page. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it's, it, it is a cool video. I can't wait to play with it now because I, I can see what it can do. It's pretty cool. Yeah, good good resolution, cool. too. I thought it was going to be crap, but this actually looks pretty nice. I was surprised, too, actually, because it, I didn't think that was much of a, a drone. So it's pretty nice. Yeah. Maybe I'll get one. Yeah, I won't. <laughs> no, you can come play with mine. Okay, there we go. Over at Twitter, Right Film Sleep Repeat says something positive, perhaps. And he sends a link. Cancer researchers need phones to process data. This is over in the UK, so they're trying to link together a bunch of phones to use the processing data to uh, chug through uh, some big data. So that's kind of cool, which made me think, is SETI still running? Because I did that for years. That was the uh, uh, donate some of your computer processing cycles to the search for intelligent life. I did SETI, uh, which was the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Extraterrestrial intelligence yep and uh, i'm so stuck on artificial intelligence that's where my brain goes these days <laughs> yeah uh but i also did protein folding at home i used okay. a, i used a lot of processing on my my original xbox is that a euphemism for something jason no there was no protein do, do a little protein folding uh well i did use my xbox and that kind of you know <laughs> who knows <laughs> oh god mr dom writes in i agree with the gog podcast about the new stat snapchat spectacles they are ridiculous but I guess they have lots of money to burn and don't mind killing the world with more plastic junk. Um, I, I don't think they have that much money left to burn as the stock keeps falling. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how that My goes. favorite part of that entire tweet, though, is I, I love you for this, Mr. Dom. I'm going to start to use this forever. He created an emoji <laughs> for dumpster fire. It is pretty damn good. I got to say that is. Uh, yeah, that is the emoji of 2018. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> dumpster fire. Uh, I'm sure that will be one of our Instagram posts this week. So be sure that oh, you're yes. subscribing to our Instagram feed. <laughs> Uh, Moss 6502 says uh, that Alexa for kids thing will probably be excellent. My kid had an old fire with parental controls. It provided excellent service. I could even remote to it. Might be an alternative for Bittner too. We'll make sure he hears about it. Thank you for that. All righty. Tuju Master writes in, not sure if you all covered this yet, but I'm sure Brian will be elated. Yeah. And this is an article over at CBS News about uh, cities vowing to crack down on litter bikes. Uh, yeah, this gets really deeply into the the dockless thing, the dockless scooters, the dockless bikes, and uh, you know, relying on people to not be animals, which is obviously not working. Again, it's that it's personal responsibility thing. Yeah. So the dockless just means people dump it wherever they want. Uh, he also wrote in saying topics for next week's show: Best Buy and Disney now send emails with self playing video. They always scare the piss out of me. Thoughts from the Grumps. Fuck self playing video. Dumpster fire. I would immediately unsubscribe from those mailing lists. Well, I also want to know how they did it because me too. That, I'm actually curious about that because the technology behind that is pretty incredible. If you've ever actually had to do fucking email blast to people, yep. actually getting them to look right is even a nightmare, but actually having a self-playing video that's new. That's yeah. really new. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, Actually, would you forward, forward one them, of those please. to podcast at grumpyoldgeeks.com, please? Because Yeah, I'd like to see it. The last campaign I worked on email blasts for was uh, Dancing with the Stars. And, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. They wanted self-playing video in there, but we had to 
basically put in a GIF in a table because you can only use yep. tables, inline yep. font tags. Oh, yep. yep. My yep. God. I hate building out mailers, especially for people that don't understand how they work. Oh, no. And that's I everybody. Be- Every agency. Oh. Yes. Well, how come it didn't work on this person's email? Well, what email program were they using? Well, what Eudora. did they have their personal settings to? <laughs> well, what did... <laughs> yeah. Oh, they have yeah. their own custom CSS and they wonder oh. why it doesn't look right? Oh, well, just, yeah. I, I, wanna, I want you... I know that we are in a wonderful ad agency that is on the 15th floor. I would like you to see that. See that window over there? I would like you to run head first at it and go out the fucking window. <laughs> yeah. All right. Over at GOG.show, Ivor wrote in, Jason, I bought this mechanical keyboard a couple of weeks ago. Great price and it works really well. I'm going to link over to it. It's the Gigabyte Mechanical Cherry Red Keyboard GK Force K83 Red. The interesting thing about that keyboard is I saw that same exact keyboard with about a thousand different logos on it when I was bouncing around <laughs> Amazon. Um, I am saving up for the Razer Black Widow Chroma V2 RGB Mechanical Gaming Keyboard Ergonomic Wrist Rest Tactile and Silent Razer Orange Switches. I had to throw that in because it was an Amazon title. Um, that's the one I'm saving up for because I, I did some research and that's the one I want because I'm going to be playing games on it. So I need some kind of g- good gaming keyboard and Razer makes good stuff. It's fantastically ugly and it'll go very well with your piece, your ugly PC. Oh, it's fucking hideous and it's going to match like a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the mechanical keyboard looks pretty cool, but uh, we podcast, and uh, Jason already yells anytime I touch a keyboard. So, uh, yeah, no, 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 no clicky keyboards on podcasting, please. <laughs> no clicky keyboard. Yes. Uh, Blair writes in, I watch tip. Oh, it's an Apple watch, but if on a call using the Bluetooth in your car and you need to send a text or add a reminder, you can mute your phone and ask your watch Siri to do it. Uh, which is actually, that's, that's, that's not a bad tip. And he says, great when someone is on a ramble and you think of something you need to do. They also sent in a link for the wireless keyboard for Windows Logitech MK520. Nearly worn the key labels off of mine. Yeah, it doesn't seem too bad either, actually. Yeah, the Apple Watch tip's pretty good. Siri basically uses Siri on your phone when you're using your watch, so the text-to-speech is good and uh, generally works. I haven't tried it much because I know that actually here and also in Illinois, you can get pulled over for talking to your watch if a cop sees you. Yep, as you should be. Mm Mm-hmm. So uh, Spencer writes in, hey, guys, I recently discovered you through Reddit. Really? Mm. I I would love to know how. Anyways, uh, and have become enamored with your podcast. The question I want to ask you was, what email service would you recommend? I mostly stuck with Gmail in the past because but I've become wary of Google in recent years. I'm currently trying out ProtonMail, but the security features that originally drew me to their service are making it difficult to integrate into my daily life. Sending good vibes from Tennessee. Well, Jason, I, I still use a very old school personal email server. But his like emails. Hillary <laughs> like Hillary Clinton. <laughs> I've tried out ProtonMail. I actually like it. But yeah, the security is a little strict. So you kind of have to deal with their their stuff there. Um, I'm still on Gmail. I'm sticking with it because I have run email servers. And I'm sorry, but I never, ever, ever want to do another SMTP configuration file again um <laughs> that never is a pain in the ass oh my yeah. god it's such a pain in the ass uh so i'd just say stick with gmail fuck it yep i kind of tend to agree with that i'm, I'm eventually I've, I've been i've been it's been on my to-do list to to migrate my email my personal email to gmail for like a year at some point i'll actually get around to it yeah no it's just yeah. it's so much easier and i send so few emails now it's, oh yeah that again email is kind of dying out not a lot of it anymore all i get are lists that i've subscribed to and a few back and forth from people who i just haven't gotten on a slack channel yet you know what we need we need a better desktop text client 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Messages on the Apple works okay, but not great. It's okay, but not great. Yeah. But um, 99% of my conversations and, and communication is through texting now, yeah. not email. Uh, oh, so few of mine is. But anyway, Brian writes in, uh, I was just listening to your podcast. I would recommend the Logitech MK520. So that's another mm-hmm. recommendation for that. Yeah. And uh, Ryan wrote in, hey, guys, keep up the good work. I thought you'd enjoy this ad I saw in Newark Airport. I'm sure you'll be triggered. (laughs) And it is very funny. What's lurking in your systems? Dark Trace, world-leading cyber AI. Not just AI, cyber AI. With a a picture of an alligator sticking its eyeballs out of a swamp. (laughs) (laughs) We've got sharks in our system, or alligators in our system. Alligators. Yeah. Um, I got yeah. this one this morning. This came actually from my contact form on jpd.me, my personal site. This is from okay. Alberto from Italy. And uh, it, it, this is I, I'm just going to cut out most of this because it, the subject is Saturday Night Fever has legs. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, hi, Jason. You have a nice voice. It's why I listen to <laughs> GOG. Well, dulcet tones. my dulcet tones. Thank you very much. And it. it the rest of the email has it led him to Does It Have Legs, my other old podcast that has gone stale. And we did a Review of Saturday or yeah, Saturday Night Fever there, and he mm-hmm. recommends that I go watch Staying Alive to get the whole story. <laughs> There's not enough money in the world to make me go watch Staying Alive. Uh, but anyways, he, he finishes off with, anyway, really nice listening to your podcast. I even installed Opera on both the phone and Linux laptop. I want to get your doorbell webcam stuff that sends you pics of deliverymen and stuff passing by. Yeah, super cool stuff, man. Well, thank you, Alberto from Italy. Much appreciated. But no, you're completely wrong about Saturday Night Fever. It's a, it's a movie about a bunch of rapists and horrible, horrible people. Different times, Jason. Different times. Different times, yes. <laughs> Over at iTunes, we got a couple five-star ratings. The first up is from Toxic Princess, and the title is Amazeballs. Woohoo! Woo. Although I am unfortunately part of the millennial generation, I absolutely love the show. It's helping me stay current with technology, and I see I am not alone when it comes to certain gripes about different software and product updates. All right. And Revenov from the Netherlands writes in, great podcast, love the podcast. Each week I'm looking forward to the casual chit-chat. K-U-T-G-W. Oh, keep up the good keep work. Keep up the good work, ah, Jason. I don't know what these kids are saying nowadays. Kutugua. Yeah. Kutugua. Well, there you go. It still works. It still works in the Dutch, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that, that could be from the native Dutch. Kutugua. Keep up the good work. If you want your question or comment read on the show, head over to GOG.show slash support and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash iTunes and toss us a five-star and snarky review. And as always, please, for God's sake, tell your friends. Closing shout outs! We're recording on Friday, May the 4th, which has somehow become Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. Get it? Yeah, Uh yeah, for people with speech impediments. May the fourth be That's with right. you. That's right. So I, I do feel compelled to point out, even though you'll be hearing this a few days after, since it is Star Wars Day, I feel compelled to point this out again. Now that The Last Jedi is canon, I want all of you Last Jedi apologists to enjoy that whole, we can just put a droid on a ship, point it at what you want to blow up, go into hyperspace <laughs> thing that totally invalidates everything that has taken place before. The biggest battles for the Death Star in those two movies, no point in those. Building the Death Star in the first place, no point in that. Building the Star Killer system, no point in that. All of that now completely invalidated by the new canon that is the piece of shit, The Last Jedi. Happy Star Wars Day. There you go. And also, speaking of Star Wars, I went to Target yesterday to go find a super soaker so I could spray my dogs when they get a little rowdy in the backyard. Turns out 
all of the the summer gear that would normally be by the pool section in Target has been removed for Star Wars swag. I asked I asked a, a Target employee. I'm like, I just need a super soaker. You guys used to have them everywhere. They're like, eh, they took it all out. We got more Star Wars shit over in aisle four. <laughs> Literally, that's what he was <laughs> like. I'm like, damn. So thank you, Star Wars. Now I have to throw buckets of water on my dogs if I can catch them. Uh, my shout out this week is to Pods. I know this is silly, but that big ass box that I put everything in in Chicago that they drove on a truck to California and put outside my door. That was honestly one thing that broke that was not my fault. And it was a jar of relish. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> you shipped a jar of relish. I, it was it was unopened. <laughs> okay. I don't get I don't have to pay for weight. So I'm, I took my whole kitchen with me. So well, I had a brand new jar of relish. I'm taking it with me, but it didn't, unfortunately, it just didn't make it. And I lost one 24 inch shitty LG monitor because I, I stacked it wrong. Everything else made it through that move perfectly. So I would just That's like to say, impressive. I've got fucking Jedi level packing skills. That's all I'm saying. And pods did not bounce it around. It just came in the customer service. I mean, everything about pods was fantastic and especially the price. So if you've got to move or you just want storage where they'll come pick it up and put it in storage for you so you don't have to move everything to a storage unit, dude, check these guys out. They have changed my life. I am such a fan of them. As somebody who has lived in a family that has moved over 100 times and sued every major moving company in the United States for breaking our shit, Pods, the best way to move. And that was an unpaid endorsement. Yes, it is very unpaid. I got to say, we should put a little bookmark here uh, for two years from now when you move back to Chicago. Since you're putting all your food in there and they're so good anyways, next time you can save some money and time and just pack yourself in the pod and send yourself back to Chicago. Yeah, but the problem with a pod with me inside, then it would become a pood. Because where are you going to go poo? <laughs> well, you pack a toilet in there, too. Uh, I think they might ding me for drilling a hole in the floor. Maybe I can get yeah, one of yeah. Uncle Bubba's... Uh, was it? Oh, no. <laughs> Uncle Goober's bumper dumper. Remember that? Oh, yes. I do remember I'll get that. a bumper dumper and stick it off the end. And while we're traveling down the highway, I'll just stick my ass out the back. <laughs> we are problem solvers. Exactly. Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. To support the show and keep us on the air, go to patreon.com slash GOG. Toss us a buck a month and we'll love you forever. If you'd like to give a one-time or recurring donation, go to GOG.show and click the PayPal button in the sidebar. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 258. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy, and we'll see you next week.